Well, it's good that you're with us today. I'm glad that you've taken some time out of your day to spend 10 minutes or so listening to the Word of God and thinking about the subject we've been talking about now for uh, four episodes, and that has to do with being prepared for battle and the spiritual war that we are in. We're looking at Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18, particularly. This is about the armor of God, and we've stressed the fact that this armor is a gift to us, a gift of God's grace. We've stressed the fact that this is armor that belongs to God, is from God, and in actuality, this armor is God. It is the life of God within us. We need God's supernatural power to fight this war, this these battles that we are engaged in against a supernatural enemy. The enemy has schemes and strategies that the enemy works against us and seeking to steal from us, kill us, and destroy us. He's very shrewd. He's very crafty. And as we talked about yesterday, this is a serious war. This is a war to the death. This is not a war, you know, of tit for tat, dilly-dallying around, playing, you know, some sort of a sissified game of, you know, I quit. No, this is one that is to the death. This is the analogy that Paul is drawing from, as well as the analogy and the, 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 the spiritual, scriptural story of Jacob wrestling the angelic being um, that Judaism teaches was actually Esau's angel or the prince of Edom. Paul specifically spells out our enemy from the standpoint of being a spiritual one. He tells us in verse 12 and on down that we we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness and high places, heavenly realms. This is who we're fighting. This is who is out to destroy the body of Christ. This is who is out to ruin your life. These are principalities. Now, these princes... These principalities that we fight against have authority. They have authority that has been delegated and given to them. I know that when we look in the scripture, something, there's a principle, and we've, we've talked about this before in other podcasts, numbers are very important in the Bible. One of those numbers that is very significant is the number 70. Now, when we come to the first book of the Bible in the Torah, Genesis. And we get to chapter 11, and we see the breakdown of the nations that came from you know Shem, Ham, and Japheth, Noah's sons. We end up with 70 nations. Now, we know that the scripture tells us specifically and uh, that there's something very unique about these 70 nations that God has done in relationship to them. In Deuteronomy 32, verse 8, it says, When Elion, or the Most High, gave the nations their heritage, when he separated the sons of man, he set boundaries for the people according to the number of, of the sons of God, or of the angels of God, as the Septuagint translates it. Some English translations say the sons of Israel. 
but the more likely proper translation has to do with the sons of God and or angelic being because sons of God are always, especially in the Old Testament, used in reference to angelic beings. But the nations being divided, we are told in verse 9, Adonai's portion is his people. Jacob is the share of his inheritance. Basically what God did was when these nations came into being after the Tower of Babel, 70 of them, they were given principality, an angelic prince to oversee and rule over this nation, to have influence over this nation in the spiritual realm. And we find in the 82nd Psalm that we have almost like a heavenly Sanhedrin there in the 82nd Psalm. And the psalmist, Asaph, is talking about a group of beings getting together before God. And it says in Psalm 82, God takes his stand in the assembly of the gods. He judges among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? So these beings who are called gods have been given a responsibility of judging, of ruling, but they are ruling unjustly and they are showing partiality to the wicked. God says, give justice to the poor and to the fatherless. Be just to the afflicted and destitute. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them out of the hand of the wicked. They know nothing. They understand nothing. They walk about in darkness. All the earth's foundations are shaken. I said, you are gods. All of you are sons of El Yom, or the Most High God. Yet you will die like men and will fall like any of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you possess all the nations. We also find in the book of Job that there were regular periods of time where the book of Job tells us that the sons of God, same terminology that's used in the Deuteronomy 32, verse 8, would regularly come and appear before God. And we know that this was when Satan, the adversary, asked Adonai for permission to sift Job, to torment Job, to get Job to turn against God. And it says in Job 1, verse 6, one day the sons of God came to present themselves before Adonai and the Satan, also came with him. And Adonai said to the Satan, where have you come from? The Satan responded to Adonai and said, from roaming the earth and from walking on it. And of course, Adonai goes on to say to the Satan, did you notice my servant Job? There's no one like him on the whole earth, blameless, upright, who fears God and spurns evil. And of course, then the whole dialogue begins and you have this cosmic contest over this life of this righteous man. And we find in the second chapter of Job again, again the day came when the sons of God came to present themselves before Adonai, and the Satan also arrived among them to present himself before Adonai. All of this ties back into the 82nd Psalm. So basically what we have here is we got 70 nations 
we have 70 angelic beings that God, and they're not good angels, they're fallen, that God gave responsibility over these nations. They Obviously, they're failed. This is where all the understanding of idols and false gods and false religions came from, from these angelic beings, these principalities who are ruling over the nations, uh, keeping them in darkness, keeping them away from the true light. Israel, on the other hand, God himself in, in adopted them as it were. God himself took responsibility for them as a nation. Seventy. The Sanhedrin in Israel, the judges who were set up under Moses, according to the Torah, and then eventually this that turned into the Sanhedrin, this Jewish Supreme Court, are made up of 70 men, 70 judges. Um, so we have seven the, the nations, 70 of them, ruled by principalities, ruled by supernatural beings. These supernatural beings over the nations are developing strategies and schemes to destroy the people of God, you, me, assemblies of believers, to wreck them and ruin them. Now, they again, there's a hierarchy in the spiritual realm. These princes who are over the nations, there's a prince over the United States of America. We know there's a prince over Persia or Iran, a very powerful prince, by the way, we find in Daniel 10. There's princes over the over the nations and then under these princes these rulers you have other sub rulers and sub rulers under them and you've got minions and soldiers and you know all of this kind of work i mean it's just a hierarchy and you think about the lord of the rings and you think about sauron and you think about him being the supreme one like satan and then under him he had rulers who were responsible for different areas uh of the land and under them they had you know the orcs and all kinds of you know weird creatures to carry out their battle against the world of men this is the principle here it's very important that you understand this because the wrestling match that you and i are in again it's not a game these principalities work through people they work through deception they work through lies they are crafty. They are deceivers in the supernatural realm operating with strategies to destroy you, kill you, destroy the church, kill believers, divide the church, destroy by dividing the church. And it's absolutely essential to combat them in order to combat them that we are wearing the army armor of God. Again, get this in your heart. This armor is from God, belongs to God, and is God. It is God's life in you. The armor is not something you've got to get. God has stepped into his closet, pulled something that belongs to him out, and has given it to you and I. But we do have to appropriate it by faith. We have to believe that we've been given this and exercise and use it. A tool is no good to accomplish what it was created to do unless it's in the hands of someone who knows how to use it and uses it to do what it was made to do. The same is true 
for the armor of God. Well, we could, we're going to keep on talking about this tomorrow, and we're going to get more into this whole concept of the number 70 and the fact of Satan having been bound. That's right. But he had been bound and was bound for a period of time for in a specific area that's associated with this war that Paul is talking about in Ephesians 6. All right. I hope you have a great day, and I pray the grace and peace and joy and love of God filled your heart to overflowing. Lord willing, we will see you again tomorrow.